0: Hello and welcome to the Breslin breakdown. I am Luke Saccone and I'm here alongside Joe Dandron and Sam Britton, back talking some Michigan State women's basketball. But first we will open and close with this. Uh wonderful weather we're having, guys. Just everywhere, honestly. Um What do you guys think of this upcoming week if you've guys got a chance to look at it? It's not looking uh, I too know good. That it's
1: supposed to be there's supposed to be like negative thirty degree wind chills on Thursday, I,
2: and I believe Ryan Collins is predicting the university will shut down that day.
1: Yes, on the Green and White Report, uh, our Sunday radio show, um, Ryan Rabinowitz and Ryan Collins, I think, made a little gentleman's bet about if, whether or not the university would close. And I truly do think that there was, I heard from my friend, from my friend's roommate's girlfriend's roommate, that they were, who's on a faculty student like board thing, whatever, that they had a meeting about it. And there was no, you know, I haven't heard anything since I heard of the meeting from my friend, Eric Bach, actually. I'm um, a good friend of the show, I guess. You know, <laughs> we both are very, I mean, I'm really good friends with Eric. Um, so I heard from him, you know, from a friend of a friend of a friend. But I really don't think the university is gonna, I don't think so.
2: Uh, I already know that my English class is gonna keep going hoping that maybe my man Mike Castellucci will come through for me and cancel my Journ 306 class. He canceled it today, so maybe we can go two for two this week. We'll see.
1: Yeah, I mean, I found out my ISS got canceled. Luke, have any of your classes gotten canceled yet? Because it's yeah. pretty treacherous.
0: Yeah, uh, today we what eight eight about eight inches of snow dropped. Um, Sam and I sit, share the same room. He has Journ 306. I have Jern 403 at the same time. But Bob Gold came through, said, you know, canceling class for today. But, what a guy. Yeah, but I mean— he said, "Just make sure you we we're we we're just gonna do some editing and stuff in uh, class today, so I just got that done out of the way today. So not a big deal, but we'll see. We'll see if we'll have class tomorrow or on Wednesday. That's uh, it's gonna be cold for sure. Um, but I did, that I did was see, it.
2: I did yeah. see that video on Facebook of the guy skiing to class. Yeah, I saw <laughs> yes, that too. Was, you know. <laughs> My mom was like yelling at me, calling me a baby and stuff, and then I sent her that. She didn't respond to it. I think out of spite, but." She got the message, at least.
1: Yes, I uh, I do think that it's um, you know, I walked from Comm Arts to Case Hall today, and it might have been the most during, you know, kind of I felt like the peak snowfall during the day, and that might have been the most treacherous walk of my time here on Michigan State, and it was very short, but it was very, you know, trying. So this weather's tough, man. I hate it. I hate the cold. Yeah, I I'm, I don't know I'm how longer I can do this.
0: Um, but uh, yeah, so some heavy snowfall today. We'll get. We'll get into that at the end of the show, but going into some basketball talk, Michigan State, um, last time we talked, they were actually getting prepared to play Ohio State, uh, who they ended up losing to. Um, They lost to Ohio State 65-55. They scored six points in the third quarter, and Shea Colley led with 18 points. Uh, Joe, did you get a chance to check that game out at all or look at some stats maybe? Ohio State? Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, Ohio State. That game, you know, I was talking to some people about it. Six points in the third quarter. I mean, Shea Collie had 18 points, had kind of a nice game. But, man, to just go on the road against OSU, it's one thing to lose, you know. You drop one at Northwestern. I mean, you drop Indiana. Indiana was, you know, a one, maybe a one-loss team at that time. I can't if I recall correctly. And uh, I mean, in the Rutgers loss that we'll get to, you know, that also is excuse, you know, in my eyes, a little excusable. But Ohio State, man, that's a game that you have got to go and win. I mean, if you're Michigan State, you've got to go get that one. Um, and that's just you know, my eyes on. It. I didn't get a chance to watch much of the game, but when I did, it just the same thing that can you know got them at Northwestern, got them at Ohio State. Um. Sam, I don't know if you caught any of that, but I mean, and that was just tough. you know, they weren't moving the ball well, and they just weren't putting down shots, and that's something that has really plagued them when they haven't played at the Breslin Center so far this year, and I mean, against Michigan, it was a little bit of a different story, um but you know, man, I mean, and they had a, like we said, I was talking to Jen Allen after the game at the next game at home on um, that Maryland win, and it, I mean, and she said they had a team meeting after the Ohio State game. And they kind of figured some things out, and uh, you know sometimes it takes some recollection as a team to figure things out. Um, and whatever discussion they had in that team meeting, you know, it was unbeknownst to me. But, um, you know, they made Victoria Gaines their defensive captain. Um, they decided to, you know, Gaines is now coming off the bench instead of starting. Sydney Cooks has now been starting. Um, and we can point that to Cooks' early injuries, but. You know, they've made some changes and I think it definitely has helped them in some ways and they definitely play up to their competition at home, but just still on the road, just shot making and being able to play collectively as a group has really, you know, just not been there for them so far.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Ohio State, when they uh, traveled there, shooting and offense has definitely been the struggle for Michigan State on the road. Um, against Ohio State, they shot 19 for 62, which is a solid 30% from the field. Sam, what do you have do you have anything to say, add on to the Ohio State game?
2: Joe gave a pretty fat answer. Um, <laughs> he didn't. He? <laughs> he pretty much hit the nail on the head, but, I mean, you guys pretty much said it, 19 for 62. That's just not acceptable. And then when you think, oh, maybe Ohio State, they just had a really good day, Michigan State didn't. Ohio State shot 18 for 46. So, I mean, Michigan State had way more opportunities to capitalize on that. They, In addition to that, Ohio State made their free some of their free throws, but they also shot 7 for 16. So, I mean, you just... Sorry, I was looking at three-pointers. 22 for 34, they made their shots, for the most part. I think that also says something about Michigan State's foul trouble. I mean, 55. I'm looking at all the wrong numbers right now. 27 personal fouls. I mean... It's a lot there. There's just no words for it. So, I mean, you know, like Joe was saying, like you lose at Indiana, that's going to happen. You lose at Rutgers. Okay. Rutgers is a good team, but I mean, to just go in and Ohio state's not even that great. I mean, they were six and eight at the time. So, you know,
1: yeah. And that's an Ohio state team who parentally is very strong. Um, nine assists for Michigan state as well in that game. And, you know, we go back to talk about moving the ball and that number shows, um, Something that they're very good at. Yeah, they, they usually just, they pass the ball yeah, very that's something well. They, that's something that, to me, on the road, that's what they get away from, and that's what drives the end. You know, what drives their, you know, gets their engine going for this team. So that's, you know, that's the thing. That was kind of the key in that one. You know, to me.
0: Yeah, and then Michigan State coming home uh, on a Thursday night, upsetting number nine Maryland, seventy-seven sixty. Um, it's pretty pretty impressive win in terms of uh, Michigan State. Uh, Very, very good offensive display. Uh, Five figures scoring in double digits. Yeah, Uh, I
1: mean, they had five players scoring in double digits, Michigan State did. Um, And, you know, the magic number for Michigan State so far this year has been get to that 70 point threshold, something that they haven't been able to do on the road. I, I mean, I don't think, other than the Michigan game. And, that, you know, that's kind of their threshold mark is when they score that 70-plus point mark, they're in the game. They got a shot to win. You know, that's a game that they usually have won this season apart from the NC State game down in Cancun. Um, And, man, Maryland is a great team. They were number nine in the country. Um, and And Michigan State really just could not put it together had they gone and beat, like, Rutgers and Ohio State. You know, and on that road trip and then gone and beat Maryland, we'd be talking about maybe a top 15 ranked team right now instead of, you know, 23.
0: Yeah, I remember being at that uh, Maryland game. I remember Michigan State exploded. They were winning like 22-9 to nine at one point, I believe. And then Maryland being the number nine team they are, came back, uh, made it close up until, you know, the third, fourth quarter. Um, Sam, what do you think about Maryland game?
2: I thought it was pretty good. Especially to bounce back, you know, after that Ohio State loss, and I mean, I think Michigan State just played good on both sides of the ball. They held only one starter had double digit figures, and then a player coming off the bench, Brianna Frazier, she put up twenty two. That was really it. Other than that, Michigan State played very good defense. Like you said, they played very good on the offensive side of the ball. Five scores in double digits. I mean, not really much else to say. I think it was pretty good, and. I think that we all kind of felt Michigan State, like they got their mojo back, they got their confidence back after losing to Ohio State, and then, you know, not so great things happened. But, I mean, to sum it up, um, that was a good win for them. And it's kind of interesting that it didn't mean a whole lot going forward, I guess. I guess in the end it could potentially mean something for the Big Ten, but, I mean, Maryland's going to have to lose a couple games for that to really mean something at this point. So,
0: Yeah, and both both side of the balls, both side of the ball, uh, Michigan State played very well against Maryland. I agree, um, but yeah, you know, then heading back on the road, Michigan State can't can't pull out a win um, in New Jersey against Rutgers, uh, losing seventy six to sixty two. Again, not eclipsing that that seventy point mark. Cutchin um, and Sydney Cooks they led the way with fifteen each, and then Shay Colley added thirteen. So maybe a little bit better scoring. Uh, in terms of road games, not by much though. Um, Michigan State probably had a chance to make some make some moves there in the Big Ten. What do you think, Joe?
1: No, I mean and that's that was it. You know, Rutgers was the top team in the conference at that point. They were undefeated um, before getting you know upset by Iowa just recently. And man, Rutgers Stasha Carey of Rutgers had 30 points, and she's just great. You know and that game, you go, you lose to Rutgers. I mean, it's understandable, but at the same time you're I mean, you get the Maryland win and it makes you think like that was their shot to really get back into the conference race, because they're five and four now as yesterday in the conference. And that's just, you know, at this point, too deep of a hole to dig out of. Um, you know, they may have to win every single Big Ten game the rest of the way to even have a shot at winning, but Rutgers would also have to crumble quite a bit and then also, you know, Maryland as well. So I mean, yeah, it's just gonna be it's gonna be tough to climb back into this Big Ten conference for Michigan State, and uh, I mean, you know, and Illinois is a team you got to beat too. They beat Illinois seventy-seven sixty, and that's a team that's the same margin you beat Maryland by. Um, and that's a, Maryland Illinois. Sorry, is the worst team in the Big Ten. They're one and eight, and that is a uh, a game that you should win by you know thirty. You know, not
0: seventeen in my eyes. Yeah, going back to Rutgers real quick, they still are uh, first in the Big Ten. They're a and one in the. Conference, Maryland and Iowa are 7-2 seven seven both. I know, Sam, you got to watch a little bit of that Rutgers game. Uh, I know you had some stuff to say about that.
2: Yeah, it was. Michigan State just looked really confused on both sides of the ball, more, more so on offense. Rutgers plays very good defense, and it, it kind of made me dig a little bit. Rutgers right now, it was I think they were a little bit higher at the time, but right now they are 14th in the country on scoring defense. They allow only 54.9 points per game. That's pretty good. And Michigan State, just all the plays they were trying to make were just getting broken up. They just looked confused and sloppy out there. And on top of that, I mean, Rutgers, they they did what they had to do. You know, on offense, they shot above 50%. They made their free throws. They were went 15 for 8. And they had 35 rebounds on the day. I mean, they just they showed up. Michigan State, I don't really want to take anything away from Rutgers and say, oh, Michigan State just didn't show up because Rutgers played their hearts out that game. They played really good basketball on both sides of the ball. And... You know, like I like Joe was saying, that was kind of their last opportunity, and at this point, it's going to be kind of hard to make a run. Rutgers is going to have to lose a couple more games. I mean, they're eight and one in the conference now. I think. Yep. And Michigan State's five and four in the conference. Yep. Yeah, and this that's and, that's and, not going to be easy to come back from.
1: No, and and Michigan State's lucky they got Purdue at home because Purdue's ahead of them the Big Ten standings as well. But this Rutgers team, man, to me is just strange in a lot of ways because they're sixteen and four. Um, they had a ten point loss to Drake. A 17 point loss where they only scored 40 against Gonzaga, that was in Canada, and then, uh, I mean, their other loss, Virginia Tech by 16, and then after that, Iowa the other night by six. And I mean, this is the same team that went on the road and beat Maryland when they were number four in the country. Um, by I mean it was only eight points, but still, you go on the road that's on you know Christmas uh, on New Year's Eve, and Go beat Maryland. This Rutgers team to me is a little strange, um, kind of tough to read, because you know if Michigan State had drawn them at home, obviously we might be talking about a different story. Um, But that's been really the story of their season, and I really think Rutgers is the real deal, though. They're they are eight and one, Um, and they've got talent, and they've got talent coming in as well too. So I mean, just a good—they're just you know a pretty all around good team and a great defensive team at that.
2: They remind me of Matt Stafford in 2016 when he like set the record for the most comeback wins. You know what I mean? They're like showing up now instead of like the beginning of the season. Yes, everyone, we were like, "Oh, Rutgers, they're not going to do anything," and all of a sudden, here they are, ranked
0: and at the top of the Big Ten. Yeah, number seventeen, definitely surprising some. Uh, surprising some people didn't. I know, I'm pretty sure we didn't think they'd be up, up that high this. No, uh, no, Rutgers is time. not a.
1: You know, Rutgers in general, for athletics is, you know, kind of been on the back burner for quite a few years.
2: They're good at field hockey.
1: Yes, this is true. Seth. This is true, <laughs> but. I mean the Rutgers is not a team where you think of, you know, in women's basketball in the Big Ten Conference, and they've really, really stood out this year. I remember at the beginning of the year, they were four and zero, and we were kind of, oh, you know, we're just talking about them. Maybe they'll be good. Ah, oh, they'll probably lose someone, right? All I know, they're seven and zero. Maybe they won't, but you know, it's it's tough. It's tough to read. Um, I mean, Rutgers, their upcoming schedule so far this season. I mean, they've got a couple of nice games on their way. On um, they got Indiana at home. They've got Minnesota in Minnesota. They got Maryland again at home, and then they've got Ohio State at home, and then Indiana in Indiana, um, and then Minnesota as well. So I mean, it's you know they got some chances to. There's a couple of games there that they might you know they could drop. Some teams could give them some trouble. So, be interesting to see where they go from here
2: this year. They also I didn't realize they beat Maryland at Maryland. Yeah, by twelve points too. It was like pretty convincing. Which, not by twelve. By eight, but still, nonetheless, I mean, and then the draw at home, like I can imagine there's going to be a ton of fans there because that's pretty much at that point going to be the game that decides the Big Ten.
0: So Yeah, that's, that's a very big game looking forward, uh, going forward into the Big Ten. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so going back to Michigan State after the road loss to Rutgers, came back against Illinois. I remember um, Sam and I were on that call. Uh, good job, by the way. Thank you. You as well, Luke. Thank you. Um they uh so they beat uh, Illinois seventy seven sixty as we noted before same margin of victory against a number nine Maryland team. Um, I remember calling that game and it just didn't seem very energetic in terms of both teams, especially Michigan State and honestly the Breslin Center in general. Um, Sam, what'd you take from that game?
2: Yeah, I think you pretty much hit it. I mean, they just. They had those slumps where they just went up and down, up and down, up and down. I mean, they like they shot 53 percent in the first quarter. That's great. Second quarter they shot 43 percent. Fourth quarter they shot 53 percent, and then fourth quarter, they shot 47 percent. I think I said fourth quarter like three times there. it's fine. Either way, they just kept going like up and down, up and down, up and down. And then I was also I was there with uh, Trent Bailey, the post game I was hanging out with him getting some quotes from players and stuff. And he asked Susie Merchant, it was a totally fair question. Like he, he didn't ask it in a disrespectful tone at all. And she wasn't mad at him, but he said, you know, you guys have struggled on the road. How are you going to like get over this road hump that you've been struggling with so far at Michigan? And Susie Merchant got a little animated. <laughs> she was like, uh, she talked about how they have all these open shots. And she was just talking like, we have these open shots, but we're just not hitting them. And you could just see the frustration on her face I think some of that stemmed from this win over Illinois. She probably felt that they should have won by more and they probably should have. They had their chances but nonetheless, I mean, it were it did work out. It gave them some momentum to go into on Sunday and that paid off but you
0: could definitely tell they should have played better than they did. Yeah, absolutely. Going back to that, um, in terms of just not being themselves that day, um, they only had three steals that day. Normally they have a lot more and compared to Illinois 8 steals i think that's something uh michigan state doesn't do that often is turn it over i remember that second quarter there was like two possessions in a row where they just carelessly threw the ball away and mm-hmm. they didn't seem very focused very intact that game uh joe i was wondering if you you had anything to add about that illinois game
1: no in the illinois game like i said a little while ago i mean you only beat them by 17 and when you we look early in the year, that's a team that a lot of people might think. I remember when they beat University of Virginia by, like, 40? hmm Like, that—
2: Beat Oakland by, like, 60.
1: Yeah. Illinois is not—I mean, Illinois, yeah, they outscored in 22-9 to nine in the first quarter. But they got outscored in the second quarter. You know, so, to me—and, you know, I'm, there are a lot of things you can point to, taking their foot off the gas. You know, teams tend to, you know, lay off it a little bit if they're up 22-9 to nine after one. Because, you know, but that's the thing is to me, that's a game that you had to go and you had to win by 30 because you've got to make that statement. You've got to make a statement to fans, to your opponents, your teams that, okay, we lost these, we dropped these ones in on the road, but we are still a really, really good team. And a 17 point win is still really good. It's in the big 10 that, you know, that's a tough conference in general. Um, and I don't want to take anything away from Illinois either. You know, Beasley Brandy had a really nice game. Um. That's the thing, you know, It just, I mean, like you said, Luke, you guys were there, you said it was very uncharacteristic of them, just a lot of missed shots, a lot of, you know, turnovers, you know, just sloppy play in general.
2: And I will say, while I did, you know, just kind of rip them a new one about that Illinois game, Sydney Cooks, that was her first game starting, and she actually had pretty good, I'd say, as a starter. She put up 12 points, shot four for eight, and she played only 26 minutes. So, I mean, to be putting up those numbers in your first game as a starter, I think that's pretty significant. I think it was a good move. I think Victoria Gaines she's still good, but I think that Susie Merchant she looked at the numbers, she saw the, like what Sydney Cooks was producing, and I just think it was a good move going forward. I, I know she didn't she didn't show too much flash, too, too many flashes on Sunday at Michigan, but overall I think that she is the better starter.
1: No, and that's the thing is I like what Cooks. You know I had a conversation with Julian Mitchell, one of the you know one, a former B reporter for the women's basketball team uh, for us, um, and. Me and him had a conversation about Cooks and how just so much potential, the size, mm-hmm. you know, she's like 6'4", 6'5", she's got a jump shot, she can stretch the floor. That's what I really like about her starting in this lineup. I felt like with Gaines and Allen both in, they both have very paint-centered offensive play styles. Gaines is more of a defensive player and a rebounder, of course, but Gaines is not going to just sit out in the mid-range and the three-point line and stretch the floor for you at that four spot. Um, Gaines is going to want to get down on the block and sit in the paint. And, you know, Allen obviously has shown a lot with her jump shot, making threes this year. But Allen's game is, you know, give me the rock on the block, and I'm going to go get mine. I'm going to go get 16 points. I'm going to get 9, 12 posts up a game. Just give me the ball. And that's what Cooks allows them to do. She spreads the floor for them, and it allows a lot more opportunities for Allen in the paint. And that's what I really like about Cooks in this lineup now. Um, and she's really beginning to show her potential you know, who she was expected to be when she came into Michigan State. Um, and that goes back to the conversation Julie and I had about her. Is, you know, it was just so much untapped potential with her is what he saw.
0: Yeah, and uh, going back to Illinois, obviously, um, you know, a win's a win, um, especially if it's by 17 points. Uh, not to take away from anything from Michigan State did, five players scoring double figures. Uh, Sam, you and I were talking about Nia Cloudon after the game, scoring zero points overall. Uh, I did not see this, but she did have 11 assists, so she obviously contributed in many other ways. Um, while calling that game, we obviously didn't see that, but um, you know, not taken away from anything there because we we just noticed that she had zero points going into the fourth quarter and she just couldn't make any shots, but uh, obviously contributed in other ways. Um, Shay Collie was struggling too. I know she finished with 14, but I don't think she had a basket
2: going into the like she didn't get one until late third quarter, something like that yeah it took her a while, so I mean you know
0: yeah and then getting also getting um contribution from Claire Hendrickson off the bench, yeah uh I was like seven quick points in the third quarter, I believe yeah. she went back
2: to back all of a sudden it was like within ten seconds she already had six points
0: yeah key contribution going forward i I believe for uh Michigan state and then um Michigan State going on the road, Sam and Joe, you guys traveled to Ann Arbor on sunday uh Michigan State picked up their first big ten Big 10 uh, road win. Uh, boys, Boys, what do you have to say about that game? Um,
2: I liked what I saw. I know that, you know, I kind of like criticized them a lot for that Illinois loss, and Michigan's not a, a great, great team either, but considering the fact that it was on the road, it was a rivalry game, I think they showed up. I think they did what they had to do. Something I will say that was a little concerning and someone a couple of reporters asked about it in um or one of the reporters asked about it in postgame. Shea Colley played the whole game and Tara McCutcheon played 39 minutes 14 seconds. So I mean, that's a thing. <laughs> really all you can say about that. But overall, I think they played really good. They it was getting a little shaky in the last couple minutes of the game. They had a couple missed passes and they were fouling a lot but ultimately walked away with the road win and i think it was pretty big for their confidence and going forward
1: no and that's the thing is michigan state had the 10 point lead at half and you know it looks like okay they're going to get they'll get it going you know shay she'll get hers it'll be good like it'll be fine and then michigan starts climbing back you know thome to me thome was giving them trouble all night that that's why i kept noticing watching that game is Ah, uh, Thone was just in the paint. They had it looked like it seemed like whenever they needed it, U of M got an offensive rebound and got a putback or you know, just an easy layup. Um, whenever it just seemed like the time was right, they had thirteen offensive rebounds in the game. Um, and to me, that showed a little bit of a weakness rebounding in the game, um and Michigan State at, at a, got to a point where they looked like they were just you know trying to hang on, you know, just get it get it over with. And they're really lucky that Shea Colley's a very good free throw shooter because she went 8 of 8 in the last 90 seconds of the game.
2: Ice in her veins.
1: And, I mean, yeah, ice cold. Shea's the real... She went 2 of 13 and still scored 14 points. Yep. That's tough to do. I mean, and Shay Colley is still working back from injury. And 2 of 13, she played 40 minutes, dead legs. That's tough. But, you know, I mean, and it brings some questions to me about, you know, how much trust does Merchant have in her bench um, with Hendrickson and I mean obviously to me the reason you're seeing McCutcheon and Colleen playing 39-40 minutes is because they don't have Osmond. Osmond was a really big part of that for like she's a guard forward combo more of a shooting guard like 2-3. She was a really big part of that guard rotation before she went down there and for them to continue playing at a pretty good level without her to me has been big because she was giving them you know 10-12 points a night off the bench. And that was a big reason why we weren't seeing Sydney Cooks a lot, you know, other than the injuries. But that was a reason that this team was kind of firing on all cylinders early. Um, but yes, yeah, so, I mean, like, that's pretty much all of it. I mean, they they just hung on. It seemed like they were just trying almost not to lose. Um, so sometimes it's what you got to do to get out with a win on the road.
2: There was a couple slumps they had, and I wrote about that in my article. It was they came out in the second half pretty on fire. Uh, they got up to like their lead was as high as 15 points uh, in a couple minutes throughout the game, and then Michigan just kind of crawled back into so, you know they fed off the crowd, but I don't really hold that against this team. You know, like we said, it was at the Chrysler Center, that Michigan, place,
1: and it was packed.
2: It was packed. Michigan came ready to play.
1: I had a it was an ordeal
0: trying to find that parking spot. Yeah, oh, that was man. something. That was tough. Yeah, yeah. I have the attendance right here it was 12,707 people apparently. Yeah, so, I mean, and that's that more, a
1: lot. That's easily more. That's about three thousand more than the Iowa game, at the Brizlin, and that was the highest attendance mm-hmm. I believe so far this year.
2: Uh, I, I would have to believe they opened up the bowl because they up the I don't know how it would. be. I, mean.
1: Yeah, and I remember talking to Callaway from LSJ, and he said, you know, that doesn't happen a whole lot. So yeah, yeah, twelve thousand people definitely not a surprising figure. Um, the Chrysler Center is a pretty big arena, so it didn't seem like there were twelve thousand people. I will say that, but I think that's because they don't, you know cover up that upper deck like they do at the Bres. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so just something going back to the mission game. Um, just, you know, wrapping it up. Obviously, Shea and uh, Taryn playing basically the whole game. Maybe they'll have to do that um, going forth in the season. Um, whether or not Osmond's out for the season, I don't know if we know that or not.
1: I mean, as far as I know, it was like a couple anywhere from two weeks to like six. I I don't know. It It's a stress injury, and those are strange. Um. I don't know if, you, I like, I because Luke, I know you play club volleyball here, and I don't know if, like, those stress injuries are pretty common in certain sports, on um, the cross-country track and stuff, and they can either go away really quickly or they can just stay, linger forever. Yeah, absolutely. So it's going to be something to watch. I think it's going to be something to watch the rest of the season.
0: And something else we've been, you know, harping on all year is the free-throw shooting. Obviously, free-throw shooting came in clutch, particularly with Shea Colley in that game against Michigan. Uh, so, Sam, you're probably pretty happy about that. <laughs> Yeah, Sam is a big uh,
1: proponent of the free throws.
0: Free throws matter. They matter.
2: They, they like I said, if they would have made one more of those against NC State, could have been a different game. Fair
0: Might sure. have made the difference. Yeah, and yeah. So talking about upcoming games, uh, this Thursday, uh, and then um, Sunday also. Both games at the Breslin Center here uh, in East Lansing. Thursday, uh, Michigan State hosts Penn State, who are ten ten overall, and Sunday. They host Purdue. Um, what do you guys what do you guys think about these upcoming games?
2: Should be two wins, I would have to say. I will say that Purdue is a little tricky, similar to, you know, men's team just got beat by Purdue recently. Purdue does have a couple wins over Iowa and Indiana, and I know Indiana's been kind of up and down this year, but they were ranked when they beat them. Iowa's obviously a good team. They do have the advantage of it being at home, but I still think Michigan State should pull out the win, you know, undefeated at home. So I think they'll take care of Penn State and Purdue.
0: Yeah, just something to tread carefully. Purdue is six and three in the conference, which is tied for fourth overall, uh, fifteen and seven overall. So definitely not a team to just walk into and expect a win against. Mm-hmm. Um, as for Penn State, three and six in the conference, uh, you know, ten and ten overall. Like we said, maybe not as strong as Purdue, but you know, again, like we said with Illinois, you just never really know. Uh, what you might expect from teams.
1: No, and that yeah, it's Purdue 6 and 3. Michigan State goes and beats uh Purdue and then they go get the win against Penn. Or they go beat Penn State and then if they go beat Purdue, um they would jump about, you know, three spots and move into that slide into that fourth place spot in the Big 10. And that would set them up real nice to go get Maryland, move up three, you know, so this could be these big two games right here in terms of moving up in the conference standings. Um especially that Purdue game more so, um, but every win of the Big Ten is a big one in terms of, you know, for them right now, if they want to make a run of that regular season title, so um, Purdue, they beat Michigan by one, they beat Iowa by five, they just got beat by Iowa last night by 14, and they also have beat Minnesota, they beat Indiana, so, you know, they, they beat some people, and Michigan State has not beat some of those teams that they have beaten, so... I mean it's gonna be tough. Um and they also beat Northwestern on the road.
2: So that is I don't something know. Michigan State did not do. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Accurate <laughs> statement
1: there. And I mean so I hey Purdue could be a scary one, but I am very excited. Austin Winslow and I believe and I will likely be on the call. That one will be live on the airwaves of eighty eight point nine FM.
2: I
0: will not be there, sadly. I'd, I know. I will be there. Definitely. I'm excited for that game. I'm not ushering that day, so Totally on that call.
2: Yes, and
1: that's going to be super exciting. So,
0: yeah. And then uh, just to wrap things up quickly, Joe, you know, you noted this earlier, uh, just some overall women's basketball. Number one, Notre Dame uh, falls to UNC 78-73. Um, I believe you said that was their second loss of the season. Um, and now Baylor is number one, I believe. Yes, and Baylor is, uh, I was like doing some,
1: you know, around the NCAA, you know, searches today. And Notre Dame fell uh, to UNC 78 73. That is the first time that UNC has beat the AP number one team since 2006 when they beat Duke when they were ranked number one. And now uh, Baylor is ranked number one in the nation for the first time in six years. Baylor obviously has been a team. They had Brittany Griner a couple of years back. Um, that seems like a long time ago now. Um, but Baylor, parentally, a very strong program too. So. Notre Dame falling, kind of a crazy one. Um, their only other loss was to UConn. So, obviously, still a very strong team. Losses happen.
2: And I think it's pretty big for the sport itself, too, because, you know, the constant thing you hear about women's basketball is that, oh, it's always the same teams. It's UConn, Notre Dame, Baylor, and maybe yep, Stanford yeah, thrown yeah, in the Tennessee, Tennessee, Oregon, yeah. yeah. And now, all of a sudden, you're seeing, like, these top teams fall. Like, Oregon got beat by Michigan State. You just see Notre Dame get beat. And there's just like so many like teams beating up on each other that it's actually becoming kind of fun to watch now. Like March Madness, March Madness, I can't talk. March Madness this year might not be for number one seats. And I think a lot of people would actually like watch the games if that happened. I know I will, but I just think it's big for the sport and I think it's pretty cool.
1: No, and, they, yeah, and that's a great point, um, especially if Michigan State, because Michigan State could draw some teams. Like, you know, like something I was talking about someone the other day. I think me and Austin were talking about this on the way back from Michigan. Um uh, man, how exciting would it be if, you know, Michigan State gets a home tournament game? It's possible. It'd be packed. And say they draw Oregon in the same bracket or something like that, you mm-hmm. know? That'd be incredible. You know, that would be crazy. You know, so a lot of things could happen. And uh, I mean, and we talk about Oregon, Michigan State lost. That's their only loss still. So gonna be uh, very, very fun mean, to watch. You in mean March. NC State?
2: Who, who only got beat by Michigan State?
1: Oh, Oregon. Oregon, yeah. They're only lost to Michigan State so far this year. <laughs> Been having a lot of one. those
2: moments today. Yes. And also, NC State.
1: 20 and 0. Michigan State fell by four in Cancun, as we referenced earlier. And they are 20 and 0. The only undefeated team left in the nation. Seventh in the nation is their ranking
2: as well. I will say, though, I don't think it's going to last very long. They play <laughs> yeah, they Syracuse, it's a Florida ga- State, the ACC is Louisville and Notre Dame in February. That's, like, the, easily the hardest February schedule out of any team in women's basketball.
0: Yeah, that'll be tough uh, coming out with a completely yeah. winning schedule there. This yeah. month
2: is pretty much going to decide the ACC for those teams. So. Yeah, it'll
0: be exciting to see what happens. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys want to do predictions for Michigan State's uh, games this week. I don't know if we've stopped that tradition or not, but I don't know. Um,
1: I You know what? Let's do it.
0: Send it. All right, let's send it. Sam, we'll I don't send. know, do
1: you have our old sheets? Do you have our old uh we, I
2: we actually did not do a score prediction last time or if yes, we did. Been,
1: we've been a little we've yeah. been a little MIA on the podcast side of things for if a couple we weeks now. If we did do it, yeah. I did not write it down. We've just I lost been very
0: busy, you know. Yeah, we're busy. Getting a new in. semester. Yes. Yeah. There is right.
1: a, suddenly a you know, torrential snowfall on East Lansing. No one knows how to drive anymore. It's yeah, crazy. pretty crazy. It's a mess here.
2: All right, I am ready. Whenever you boys are, Joe, want to go ahead? I
1: right, well, let's write these down, and uh, we really need to figure out the standings. I don't know where Austin is in the standings, but we definitely need to. We need to figure. <laughs> we'll we need have to, to
2: listen back on some files. Yeah, we're gonna need true, to. True,
1: true. What we should do is we should just make the standings right now on a piece of paper or something. I don't know. I'll put it in my notes. But uh, I'm gonna go Penn State. I'm gonna that Penn State game. I'm gonna go Michigan State. You know, hey big hey home dogs 82 56
2: ooh that's a big that's a big boy win right there
1: they average a heck of a lot more points at home than they do on the road so i like them getting to the 80 mark 82 56 is my pick
2: luke? all right luke
0: uh i have to agree with the 80 point uh score for michigan state i think they'll reach the 80 i think they'll get 81 michigan state wins 81 do believe penn state will score more than 50, whatever he said. I'll say 81-65. 81-65. Uh, all
2: right. Write that down. I also believe Michigan State's going to walk away with this road win. Road win. Home, Home win. win. It's, it's all the same, right? Apparently not no. to this team. I'm going to say Michigan State walks away with the win. 90 to 70. That's my prediction. Not a whole
1: lot of faith
0: in the Nittany Lions. On this end. Uh, no, no, not a lot. <laughs> I do apologize to my cousin who did graduate from Penn State. Hey, Amen. They have an incredible, fo-
1: as you know, they have a an, man. And that is a wonderful, wonderful college town. Definitely. When we are there for football. Oh, man. Great place. Great environment. Fans are nice.
0: Going on to Purdue. Joe, you want maybe it?
1: that me lead the way. I'm going to go a little bit of a closer game here. I'm going to go Michigan State also taking this one because Michigan State at home is undefeated. Never lost, as uh, the great, you know, LeVar Ball might say. <laughs> but, yeah, <laughs> I was waiting for who you're going to yeah, say Yeah, No, that LeVar Ball <laughs> is the quote there. And uh, as, you know, as much as I wish I would not have just referenced him, I did. So Purdue is going to fall to Michigan State. And I believe the score of that one will be a little bit lower. 68-60, Michigan State getting the win. Purdue gives them some, gives them some, you know, some run at home.
0: Uh not not reaching 70. I, I do believe Michigan State will come out with this win. Sam, did you get that down? Just making sure. I, Luke, Joe's score?
2: I wrote Joe score. Okay, yeah, just making sure. Yes. Uh,
0: good. Like I said, uh, I do believe Michigan State will come out with the win against Purdue. I think it'll be a little bit more high scoring. Uh, Michigan State comes away with the win, we'll say uh, 77-70.
2: 77-70. I also believe Michigan State will win. I do think it's going to be close. Purdue, like we were saying, fifteen and seven, six and three in the conference. They've played all right with what they'd have to work with, I'd say. But I'm gonna say Michigan State wins. I'm gonna say really tight. I'm gonna say it goes sixty-eight to sixty-four. Michigan State takes it.
0: Yeah, it should be it should be a good game. And as we said, we should all be there, um, except for Sam. Except for Sam. Yes. Sorry Unfortunately. about
2: that. Yeah, you know
1: it happens. Hey, it's all good, man. Yeah, win some, lose some. Hey, but. I believe that's our picks for today. I think that's our pickums. Yeah. So that might go. I think that's it.
0: Yeah, that's all we have for schedule for today. Uh, just for a closing, since we do have about eight inches of snow now on the ground, and seeing how it probably won't melt anytime soon, we'll uh, close with our favorite snow activities. Who wants to chime in first? I'm. I'm you know, I think I've got to go
1: with nothing. I don't have a favorite snow activity. I'm sorry, man.
0: Do you just not like the snow? I don't.
1: <laughs> I don't. I always want to learn how to ski. I always want to learn how to cross country ski. Whatever. Sledding's fun, but Sledding is fun. I what about you like,
0: know. you know, snowball fights or snowman? Snow angels. angels. Never, I don't
1: know, man. Nothing. I'm not a Scrooge. I love Christmas, but I just can't do can't do snow. True.
0: Sam, you got anything?
2: I'm not a big hater of the snow, but I'm not a big supporter either. But I I haven't gone sledding in a while, but I I am a big fan of sledding. It's it's good time, good time.
0: Yeah, yeah I agree. Sledding is fun. Uh, I know. Last year, I went uh, snowboarding for the first time in forever. Uh, fell down more than a few times. I was gonna ask how many times did you wipe out. Oh, the first run is awful. Did you wipe out more on your way to
2: class in the last week, or when you were when you were snowboarding that one day? Easily snowboarding. <laughs> All right. Well,
0: <laughs> um, guess that's the difference between us. But uh, skiing, skiing, I think is a little more fun. Um, Unless I get better at snowboarding anytime soon. But we'll see about that. Uh, And that about wraps it up for us. Um, You were listening to the Breslin Breakdown here on Impact 89 FM. I am Luke Sacone, alongside here with Joe Dandrin and Sam Brin. And thank you. Drive safe tonight. Be safe. Be good and be good at it.